Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. Hey, Spooksters, we have a bonus episode for you going up whenever I edit it and throw it up for you. It's fine. Yay, whenever Tara finishes. <laughs> we are starting a new thing. We are going to have random fun little bonus episodes go up every so often for you on things we watch on either Netflix or Hulu. And that obviously fall into our realm of the spooky and true crime categories. Yay! This got me really excited. This is kind of a spinoff because we did the Ted Bundy and you all loved it. And then Tara and I love documentaries and that kind of shit. So we're like, let's talk about them on our podcast. Fuck yes. So if you're new here, these episodes are very laid back compared to how our normal episodes are. If you kind of want to get an idea on what we're about, check out any episodes that are posted on Mondays. Those are our regular episodes. So yeah, check those out. They have structure. Yes, exactly. But before we get into that, we got a new patron. Give her a little shout out. Emily, thank you so, so much for joining our little Cool Kids Club on Patreon. We appreciate that. Yay. Hell yeah. And she's a super talented artist. She's done an image for us. You can check that shit out. All kinds of cool Mm -hmm. stuff. And I will just shamelessly plug real quick our Patreon. You can find that on patreon.com slash three spooked girls. We put all kinds of cool shit. Last month we had not only a bonus episode, but I did a top secret unboxing that I will not discuss that was in relation to that topic. So if you want to join as little as a dollar to support our show, you can get all kinds of cool shit. Right. Yeah, but today we are going to dive in and talk about a documentary I hadn't heard of till Jessica told me about it. It's one of my favorites, and I've watched it so many times. <laughs> <laughs> it is called Killer Legends. Yes. And you can find this on Netflix, because a lot of the time, so every week we always recommend like a movie and stuff, and you guys always ask, where do we watch it? Where do we watch it? So Killer Legends, you watch it on Netflix. There you go. All mm-hmm. right. So I feel fucking loved this documentary it was super super interesting it's been really hard not to talk about it like tara and i made a pact that we weren't going to talk about it Mm -hmm. and every time we get on to like either record and it's taken us a couple weeks because like tara has a kid and obviously she can't watch this kind of shit in front of her kid right that would traumatize her she's sick (laughs) (laughs) it's taken us a couple weeks but i'm so excited Hell yes. Kind of give you a quick little gist because I feel like I'm probably not the only one who hadn't watched it. It is basically we got some urban legends, which y'all wanted, and it ties in true crime to it. So it's a little bit of best of both worlds. Yes, it is. Basically, the premise is that they take these urban legends and they find the true crime that backs up the urban legend. Yeah. And let me tell you, the 50s were full of fuckery. (laughs) Completely. Holy shit. 
Like everyone's like the best era in America, the 1950s, where America was born and the microwave was conceived. No, it's where fucking crazy shit happened. Right? Seriously. All right. I'm going to hand it off to Jessica and she's going to tell you about the first urban legend and we will discuss. So there are four urban legends and the first one is the hook man. It's basically the premise of it is, is that these two lovers, they're typically high school aged or maybe young college students and they're looking for a place to, you know, go to third base. <laughs> Let's hope because it's the fifties, who knows? And they're out making out on this like deserted area. And then all of a sudden they hear this noise. And the girl is like, take me home, Tommy. I'm scared. And then, you know, Tommy gets mad and drives off and they go to the local soda shop and they get out of the car and they're in the side panel of his car and the door handle is a fucking hook Eh. that was ripped from a killer's hand. Right. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Creepy. If. So they start talking about this place and it's in Texarkana, Texas. Essentially, in this town of Texarkana, Texas, which we're going to say 17,000 more times tonight, there were these string of unsolved murders, and they were called the Moonlight Murders. And essentially, there were, I think, these four cases, and the killer was known as the Phantom Killer. Five were killed. Three were wounded. These actually happened in the 1940s. So it happened from February 22nd of 1946 to May 3rd of 1946. Mm-hmm. So essentially what was happening is that these kids were out on these lover la- lovers lanes drink. <laughs> and this guy comes up and essentially he ends up raping the girls, most likely killing the men, and then kills the girls. Some of them lived. Well, it became like this freaky thing that was happening. And a few years later, a slasher film came out called The Sound That The The Sound. The Sound That Sound. <laughs> no. <laughs> Drink people. The Town That Dreaded Sundown. And it was an American horror story released in 1976. It was directed by Charles B. Pierce. And it's essentially about this it goes through the murders. And I don't want to give away too much because I want you to watch the documentary. Mm-hmm. But it kind of goes through like how this real life thing happened and how this whole town was affected. And like they knew these people. I will say that one of the murders that tripped me out the most was this one girl where she was like taken out of the car and they found her like two miles away. Uh, yeah. And they found her. She had been raped. The guy put clothes back on her, buttoned up her jacket and then stuck her hand in her pocket. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That part freaked me out. It's like he literally took the time for like a little tiny detail that did not need to be done. And in the town that the town that dreaded sundown, it actually has become a thing around Halloween. They do a viewing. I thought that was so fucked up. (laughs) Right. And they, they say like a lot of people were upset about it because there were people in the town who still had family members who were affected by this. Like, Mm -hmm. and it was like a little fucked up. And some of the town like leadership was like, we can't do this because if we do this, then there's going to be copycats. Well, then they either made or were making a remake of this movie. And it's about someone watching it coming out and being a copycat killer. Yeah, I don't know if that actually got released because I think this this documentary came out in 2014. So they were making the movie or getting ready to make the movie mm-hmm. when they were filming the documentary. So right. it may be out there. I didn't look that up. So. Yeah, I don't I don't know. 
one of the things that one of the guys who's really into this movie and this kind of genre of their town past mm-hmm. is he the in the movie ends of the um the town that dreaded sundown is that they're like most people think he's still among us and yeah. then they showed the killer's boots like in line going to see the movie mm-hmm. so that part was really scary because i'd heard of that like that whole concept of you're out on the plane and the either it was just the guy with a gun and it might be in california because we have the zodiac killer mm-hmm. and that was kind of one of the things he did he or she i don't know you know what it reminds me of too is in the i know what you did last summer movies the killer had a hook right and it reminds me of that too right and that's one of the things i love about this documentary is they kind of address like our fears that are already being shown to us Mm -hmm. that you know the hook is also in Candyman. i mean there's so many things that we like i can think of that are scary and hooks like hooks are kind of like a savage way of handling things (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, very, very graphic, very like slasher film gore. Mm-hmm. It's like an extension of a hand because they can, mm-hmm. you know, like if I'm thinking in the, and they show it in the documentary of like the candy man taking it and putting it behind her neck and pulling her closer. It's the same extension of you reaching out and grabbing her with your hand, but it's with this weapon. Right. Okay, so guys, the next little urban legend they have, they entitle it the Candyman. Basically, this goes under the urban legend that there's poison candy during Halloween time. And basically, this is either, you know, of course, like I just said, like there's poison or drugs or, you know. Not shit, but like there's there's stuff in it. There could well, be shit. You don't I'm, know. I mean, they could if someone's that fucked up, they take some shit, some dog shit, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was in the help. The shit pie. You're right. Eat my shit. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> and also, you know, this falls under the idea of like you see those things on like Facebook and social media and stuff of like mm-hmm. razor blades, needles and glass and candy. And then these. Yeah sick fucks handed out to trick-or-treaters quote-unquote quote-unquote in real life though it's all hearsay of course right if you think about it because there's no actual cases of strangers killing or hurting or poisoning any children there was that one lady who like gave out shit like she gave out like rat poisoning and stuff like that but it was clearly labeled what it was yeah yeah yeah. nothing like kids yeah (laughs) there's that crazy bitch i mean that was the thing like my parents were afraid of oh yeah i mean even still like as a parent myself now it's 20 fucking 19 i still check my kids candy before she eats it you know Mm -hmm. just in case but because it's out there yeah i mean you don't know that's what's the scary thing with these legends it's like it could happen, especially this one. This right. one is like, it's very real life. It's very plausible. And it would be really easy. Mm-hmm, exactly. What I liked, and I remember hearing this story, and I'm sure you did too, before the documentary, they brought up a case where there is a child who, he was, I believe, eight in the 70s. He actually had a pixie stick that he ate that killed him. Right. It was cyanide. Yes, it was laced with cyanide, and this was in 1974. At first, spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear this, you know, too late. You're already listening. (laughs) Deal with it. Yep. 
the parents called 911 and was like, oh, my God, like took him to the ER, whatever. Mike, something's wrong with my kid. He ate this pixie stick. Supposedly it was it was a little crystallized. So I broke it up and then I gave it to him anyway. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the number one suspect is right. It was his father who killed him. Right. The man who killed Halloween. I think they call him. Yes. And his name was Ronald Clark O'Brien. He laced it, like you said, with the potassium cyanide into the pixie stick. And if I'm remembering right, I think in the documentary, it was like it was kind of random on which kid got it. Like he laced it and then just kind of. He asked the kids that he let them pick one. Yeah. And then the little boy. And they and it's not just like a little tiny pixie stick. Like there's the, the large big, ones. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the kind that he could have easily like opened and then refilled. And then. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And the sketchy part and how they kind of figured out eventually that it was Ronald who killed his own child. He had taken out hefty life insurance policies on all of his kids, but nothing for his spouse and himself. That's a huge fucking red flag. Yes. And I mean, I have a little fun fact for our spooksters. I used to work in insurance, so this is not a normal thing. No. In fact, most people don't even think about insuring their children. No. Most of the time, they're thinking about themselves. They're thinking about their spouse. Kids, they're like, they're so young. You know, little PSA, like, get life insurance for all of you guys. Like, if the unthinkable happens, you got it. That's all I got to say on that. But, yeah, they were super in debt. They were $100,000 in debt. That's a lot, especially in the 70s. Right. So, basically... I guess he thought that was his easy way out. And, you know, they were playing it off like, oh, they got these trick-or-treating. Like, I don't know who it's from, you know, that kind of thing. Well, the fucked up thing is when he started driving around with the police, mm-hmm. one of his neighbors was in the front yard and he's like, he did it. Like, like that was going to be easy to solve. Like, the guy's like, I didn't have pixie sticks. Yeah, he tried to play it off on whoever to play the victim. So a little side note, if you're into like these kind of murdery stories, there's a movie on Hulu called Suburbicon, I believe it's called, with mm. Matt Damon. And they, they try to do a like life, they, they are the ones killing and they try to do like a life insurance thing. I totally just spoiled that movie. So sorry. Okay, but okay. <laughs> but there River you go. song would say, spoilers. Spoilers. But yeah. He tried to also get his other children to be poisoned as well to get even more money. And I don't know if they just picked the wrong pixie sticks or what, but uh, he picked only... other candies. Oh, like right. There you go. Sticks. Yeah. So basically they came back from trick or treating and he's like, you can pick one candy and they all picked different candies. And the little boy that ended up dying, the nine year or the eight year old, he picked the pixie stick mm-hmm. and the one thing that really scared me in the movie, like it literally shook me to my core, yeah. was that not just that he poisoned his son, it's that they said that he broke up the pixie stick powder because it was clumped because of the cyanide. Yeah. And then he poured it down his kid's throat. Like he fed it to him. Yeah, I remember that too. And it's just like you, like it was as bad enough you poised, like you laced it to give to your child, but it's like you're right. like, you're making sure he eats it. Right. So fucked up. It's fucking crazy. He got indicted on one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder because he tried to kill his other children. <laughs> well, he tried to kill his children and then their neighbors. And then, oh, that's right. Yeah. he They had their neighbor's kid over. 
And he, of course, he pled not guilty. Fucking piece of shit. <laughs> always, he always said he was not guilty. Yeah, even up until he died, I remember that. Him saying he did not. Thankfully, this motherfucker, he was executed with the electric chair. And what was like creepy coincidence with that was he died on Halloween. Oh, yeah. What, uh-huh. Well, it was not, he didn't die on Halloween. His first execution was scheduled for Halloween. But uh, he got, that was when he got the pardon right, right, right. for the stay of execution. Uh, Oh, right. Yeah. And then they moved it to uh, like like a, almost a week later. It was like yeah. I think November 5th or something like that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was very Dude. close. But it was really weird. And like up until like he literally was killed, he would say like that he was innocent. And the other prisoners called him the Candyman. Yeah. And there's a part where you're like watching it. Yeah. And like they say that to him and he smiles. Yeah, that dude was creepy as shit looking because I remember like they had the people that did the documentary. They had an interview with like plenty of law enforcement and stuff who was involved with all these cases. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, it was just creepy. Not about it. (laughs) Totally. I think one of the things for me and we've talked about it in other episodes on other topics. It's like the things that are that can apply to real life that are super realistic are the most scary are are terrifying demons and ghosts and stuff like that's scary too especially Mm -hmm. like you know we've dealt with them but it's like those things where it's like home intruders and this kind of thing is just it makes it even more terrifying okay so yeah that's kind of the little little section on the candy man that they had so i'll hand it back over to you for our next urban legend it's the babysitter and the man upstairs now I used to babysit a lot. I don't know if you babysat in high school. I babysat my own siblings, if that counts. No. <laughs> no. Then no, not, not really. Not, not for this situation. So essentially, <laughs> it was like, I remember this family I used to babysat for. Babysit? Babysat? Who knows? And where I grew up, it, I lived in like a, like a farm area. So it was this kid down the street from me. And I was in high school. And it would be pitch black outside their house. And I would oh. always feel like I thought someone was staring in at me. Mm-hmm. And it never was. There was no one ever there. But truly what it is is that feeling of like being insecure in a in a place mm-hmm. where it's not yours. And the urban legend is that, you know, the babysitter's watching TV or reading a magazine or a book and mm-hmm. the phone rings and there's a voice on the other end of the phone that says, have you checked the children? Ugh, yeah. Yeah. The babysitter's like, What? what's happening and then disconnected mm-hmm. and then they call back and then they laugh they're like have you checked the children <laughs> and then she gets freaked out and she calls the police and the police are like okay let's look into this and then the killer calls a few more times the killer mind you because mm-hmm. she like she runs upstairs the kids are either sleeping and they're fine or the kids are missing and she's panicked and then the phone rings again and she's like, stop it, leave me alone. And it's the police and they're like, Cindy, get out of the house. The call's coming from in the house. Right. So like, I think like the most recent one of those is when a stranger calls and um, it was mm-hmm. what, what is her name? Camilla uh, Bell? That sounds right. Yeah, something like that. She was on that movie in like the 90s for Disney Channel, the Surfer Girl. Yeah, Camilla Bell. I just yeah. looked it up. Mm-hmm. Yay, good job, Jessica. Pep on <laughs> There's like a stranger in the house and he's out to kill there. And essentially, this happened to a girl who was babysitting. And you know what I've noticed? A lot of these 
urban legends come from the Midwest. Yes, you're right. I agree. What are y'all doing back there? I don't know. So this happened in the 50s, and it happened in Columbia, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And essentially what happened is there was this girl. Her name was Jeanette Christman. So it's like Mm -hmm. Christman, but Christman Mm -hmm. um, was murdered while babysitting. She was murdered while babysitting for this particular family and the mom decides to call home and there's a busy signal so then she gets worried and they go home and they find her strangled they find her sexually abused and strangled on her floor on their floor and she was strangled with this like really thick electric cord Mm -hmm. yeah it was from a um like an iron or something wasn't it yeah yeah and it wasn't torn off and like some sort of like fit it was cut so very mm-hmm. strategic that same type of killing happened like i want to say like four years prior or something like that and both times an african-american man was convicted of the murder and executed mm-hmm. and then um, another man well the, in the first case the there was an african-american man that was that was done for and then the second one this other guy was and he spent his entire life in prison yeah, for his killing, which is so, so sad. Mm-hmm. Essentially, what they think is, is that with the story, what happened is that there was this guy named Robert Mueller. And he was friends with the people that the girl was babysitting for. And he had, like, admired the girl. Was like, hey, she cute and whatnot. <laughs> I know, it's horrible. It's bad yeah. man, bad man. And that he had called over to get this girl to babysit his own children and found out that she was babysitting for this other family. And that because he had admired her, he was a person of interest. Although the reason he was never questioned or convicted is because he was the son of a prominent man in in the area. Mm-hmm. The whole urban legend is really about being in an insecure place with all this responsibility. Yeah. Feeling guilty about not checking on the kids. Now, this mm-hmm. actually, because this happened to an actual girl, it's a little more, it's scary. But right. it's statistically unlikely that a burglar would come into this house upon a babysitter, mm-hmm. murder a babysitter at random, and then just leave. Right. It's more likely someone who knew her or knew that family, because in this case, like, I guess the father that she was babysitting for, that family, showed her where his shotgun was and showed her how to load and use it. And the person who broke in purposely broke a window mm-hmm. like so that she would go away from where that was and then broke right. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was like, I think the shotgun was by the door and the window that he broke was like towards the back of the house. So she would go to investigate. Mm-hmm. and not be near the gun at all. Right. So he'd have time to get back around and grab that to kill her. And what I thought was really interesting is when they were doing all this investigation of this this area, they went and were interviewing the people who were near where these houses were. The neighbor of the house that the murder was committed in came out and was talking to them and said, you know, a few years ago, this car pulled up and they're talking about it. And it turns out that the guy that was there was the little kid yeah 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 i remember that too like how fucking crazy is that to like know that when you were an infant you were in a house where a murder was committed right 
you're this helpless little being and nothing happened to you. Which is why another reason I always felt that it was more about the girl mm-hmm. and someone wanting her versus oh, yeah. just killing. Right. If that was the case, they would have killed the baby too. Right. And I don't think anything was out of place or stolen other than like the broken mm-hmm. glass. And then the iron was there. So I know for like as a kid or as a babysitter, as a young girl, not young, but like teens and up. Sometimes it was scary being in other people's houses because you don't know how their house settles. You don't know what that noise is. And there were times where I'd be like at a friend's house and feel that way. Oh, yeah. Like, obviously, I didn't really babysit much. But just staying at someone else's house that you're not familiar with, like, Mm -hmm. you know, can just be kind of creepy at night. So, yeah, totally get it. And that's one of the things they said is like people killing babysitters is unheard of. Yeah. Babysitters killing isn't. Exactly. But yet we still, like, people today still get babysitters for their kids. <laughs> so yeah. It's definitely different now because now you can use, like, care.com or whatever. So, right, yeah. All that good stuff. Yes. So now <laughs> we'll go on to our last urban legend they covered, and it's Tara's favorite. Ugh, yeah, I kind of died inside. Okay, so the theme of the urban legend that they went with was killer. The killer clown. Dun dun dun. And if you're an OG spookster, you know I fucking hate clowns. So, well, not your favorite. Not my fucking favorite. (laughs) Sorry. The audio quality is a little rough when we first started, but if you go back towards the beginning, you can find out why I don't like clowns. So we'll leave that at that. (laughs) I mean, this is another reason why you don't like clowns. Yes, this is another reason. Jesus Christ. Okay. So this is going to keep the theme of all of these urban legends. And this was in the Midwest. Basically, it was these random clown sightings. that Chicago, wasn't it? Yes, it was in Chicago. Weirdly enough that only children physically saw them. No adults reported actually seeing them. But it was these, I'm guessing men, could be women, but clowns. You never know. You never know. In these white vans, driving around parks, driving around schools. And these tied into the same time that there was a bunch of missing children cases and things like that. Mm -hmm. And now for, I feel like a lot of our listeners are probably around the same age as us. So you probably remember a few few years ago, drink, where there was like these people dressed as clowns doing all these like sketchy ass things. That should never come back. No. Well, what's creepy is, obviously it came back because when it happened a few years ago was not the first time. This was like in Mm -hmm. the 90s, like late Mm -hmm. 80s, early 90s. And it happened not only in the 90s, but it also happened in the 80s and the 70s. Mm -hmm. It keeps just resurfacing and happening. Yeah. So basically these people will dress like clowns and they abduct children and they kill them usually is kind of what happens. In the documentary, it's a suburb of Chicago that they're actually in. And they're, you know, they're doing their, like, investigating for the documentary and stuff. They went to, I think it was, like, a playground or something where a couple of the kids were taken. And there was this passerby who came. 
And he was like, oh, are you guys doing a documentary or something? Because, you know, they have their cameras, all that crap. And (laughs) they're like, yes. So they start talking to this guy and he's like, oh, yeah, I remember this happening. Like kids would go missing and it was from people who were dressed up like clowns. And it was, again, that theme where no one firsthand saw it, but sketchy shit was happening. One of the things I thought was really interesting throughout this is it's like, this is pre-cell phone time. Yes. And even if it was, this was pre-every elementary school child having a cell phone. Mm-hmm. And so the weird thing is it was like in the city of Chicago, not like maybe like the city that Tara and I grew up in, yeah. which is little and kids that went to other elementary schools probably like had soccer or something like that right. with each other. But it was like a huge city and it was all of these elementary schools across the city where all these kids were talking about how clowns would show up at school, mm-hmm. how all this stuff would happen. And they would say that there would be a clown on the park and then a white van would drive off. A clown would yeah. be gone. Yeah. It was it was fucking scary. Yeah. That's just the thing. And then like another thing they pointed out, too, was like, obviously, there was shit going on that we may not even know about because it's like, it'll take a lot for kids to be like, Hey, this is happening with these clowns. Right. But you know, and there was a story that there was some person who dressed up like a clown, had a couple balloons and was chilling on a school playground right before recess happened. And then just took kids off of campus and they were never found or anything. What's interesting with this evil killer clown thing was it went even further back because Mr. Which I feel like we'll have an episode on him. Mr. John Wayne. John Wayne Gacy. Mm -hmm. He was a clown and he killed. If you don't know about him, um, I'm sure you do. If you're listening to our podcast, you might have some familiarity with him. He killed a lot of young boys, but With him, what's interesting was it's reported that he was never dressed as a clown when he killed them. They have no definitive proof, and he's never he never said that he Mm -hmm. killed while being a clown. Right. But what was interesting about him with his clown face paint and getup was that he had sharp pointed edges on his mouth and his Mm -hmm. eyes. And clowns before that, before they became this terrifying icon was Mm -hmm. they'd be rounded and things like that so that way it didn't scare kids so I don't know if he's responsible technically for that but if you think about it like in a lot of movies especially (laughs) my favorite and I'm saying that with as much sarcasm as possible uh, (laughs) she loves it it a lot of sharp lines with Pennywise and yeah and his teeth his eyes, every, or, well, actually, her. If you read the book, Pennywise is a girl. Little fun fact for you. I didn't read the book. I don't like clowns. Yes, but Pennywise is depicted by Tim Curry, and then in the remake, it's another male. Which, by the way, the man who plays him now is gorgeous. I'm gonna look it up. Like, I looked up the actor, and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I think it's a guy. No, 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 it is. But in the books, Pennywise is a female. But anyway, I digress. So in these horror depictions, I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if John Wayne Gacy influenced that, but in the scary versions of clowns now, it has the sharp features. So that's kind of interesting is that. And kind of like we touched on early to mid 2000s, there was 
all of that weird clown shit going on with violence and things like that. So just all of this just kind of turned the clown from being a funny jester kind of guy to an evil type of thing. For sure. One of the things they talked about with the in the documentary is that this guy is a clown now. And he's also like into the historical aspect of clowns. And he was saying the reason why like Tara and I's generation is so afraid of clowns is like our parents were around when this first was happening, when Gacy came out, when it first started happening, like Mm -hmm. when it came out in theaters in like 86 and this development of fears. And then they told us that they were afraid of clowns and clowns were fucked up. And then Mm -hmm. we became afraid of clowns and thought they were fucked up. And then now we're having children and we're telling our children clowns are fucked up. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that clowns were these happy, sometimes sad characters that Mm -hmm. either made us laugh or made us feel better about ourselves. But they've been kind of perverted. Mm -hmm. It's how we look at it. I remember, too, it was even like, well, why the exaggerated makeup, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, because when they perform in circuses, they did their makeup so exaggerated so that the crowds could see them. Right. So far away. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't anything malicious, anything creepy. It's just pop culture, for lack of a better term, Mm -hmm. and then people doing things. It kind of twisted this friendly jokester into something so much more malevolent and as you guys know like I'm fucking terrified I hate clowns like I'm not about it I've watched it and I'm gonna go torment myself with part two when the remake comes out because I need to uh (laughs) but I don't enjoy it and I feel like people who are in their 20s and early 30s can relate to that being something that they're scared of or something like a phobia or you know whatever because of that for sure. I mean, my experience with a clown is a little different. Yeah. I went to a circus when I was young and a clown hugged me mm-hmm. and the clown did not let go right away. And I thought I was going to die. Of course, I was like six. <laughs> so it was like your kid's age and was like, yeah. Oh, you know, and like, yeah. Right. So then I was scarred by that. But I don't know. It's like I look back and I watch like the movie Dumbo and the clowns are in there and the clowns are dickheads and you're like. We have all these things today that kind of just depicts them as evil. And then I was actually reading, it was today, I was reading an article about the part two that's coming out for the movie It. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they said that the amount of fake blood they used is the most used for a horror movie to date. So it's like that's not helping. <laughs> well, like in the first one where she's in the bathroom and then like oh my god, blood is coming out of the sink. I watched the original. I like I watched that, but the remake is so much more terrifying. Like so so much more terrifying. So, if you want to crap your pants, go watch, yeah. go watch the it remake. There you go. <laughs> I think like the original one like Pennywise is almost a little funny. Yeah. And then in this one, Pennywise is fucking terrifying. Yeah, totally. I feel like it's so much more darker. Like, yes, in in the original, it's Tim Curry because it's like you. I love Tim Curry. It's still creepy and terrifying, but it's like I feel like with right. how things are now, it was just it's so much more evil. 
that's how we like it. Like we like our right. horror movies to scare the shit out of us and to be in a place where we feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why there's so many like movies that are like a series when you're like, okay, I was done the first time you made that movie. Yeah. That was a, I think it was like a TV made for TV movie when that came out. So it was like a it? special. Yeah. Uh, yeah it was uh it was like a two-part thing but it was like they were both super long so when they broke it up like how they are now it's Mm -hmm. honestly not super surprising because it's like a lot of people were like oh they're they're breaking it up because they want to see how the first part of the remake goes but no like I have the DVD of their original it and it was Mm -hmm. like a made for TV miniseries so it's a long ass, like in total, the film's super fucking long. So it's like, it makes sense why they broke it up. This killer clown thing has been around for decades. So many years. It's right. crazy. It's just kind of like evolved and gotten more scary as time has went on. I think it's because <laughs> this is one of the one urban legends that people often try to bring to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's even more besides what they touch on because mm-hmm. shout us out back in our beginning days again. We kind of touched on the the clown urban legend a little bit. So there's mm-hmm. like there's tons of urban legends revolving around clowns altogether, and right. it's just unsettling. <laughs> they barely scratch the surface. And you you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier that thing where people were putting it on the internet, like the clowns mm-hmm. that were just like. One, so many people got hurt mm-hmm. because people were taking, like, I couldn't tell if people were being, like, really evil and, like, you know, male- malevolent and really trying to, like, be freaked out. But, like, both sides, like, people got attacked by these clowns. Right. Clowns got attacked by people. Mm-hmm. And I just, I like, I sit back and I think that was just a few years ago. Maybe two, three years ago? Yeah, if that. And my thought was, like, I remember feeling terrified. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really happening around where I was. And I was like, if this happened to me, I don't know if I can handle it. Right, because I think it was, like, in Florida or something. Of course, Florida. <laughs> our favorite state. I swear we feature the state. They should be our sponsor, the state of Florida. Yeah, I'm like the most ungrateful sponsored person. Then I'm like, fuck you, Florida. Like, sorry, Nicole. Yes, Nicole, we love you. We're glad you exist, but oh, shit. We hate your state. <laughs> I just feel like Florida is like one of those places where it's like people go to retire, but then also the people who live there prior to retirement. And this is obviously a sweeping generalization and not accurate in any way. Every person who lives in the state of Florida. Yeah. Got to, you know, but I feel like <laughs> I read so many things like in my Facebook feed that are like, and in Florida, a man right? buries a g- alligator. And I'm like, yeah, Florida. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Florida single-handedly making it okay for the rest of America to be slightly dumb. <laughs> But yes, no, and I've been to Florida and it's fun for vacation. So right. yeah, no. I'm sure there's parts. It's got Disney, oh, yeah. it's got Disney World, it's got Universal Studios, it has Miami, which I hear is fantastic. Yep, and St. Augustine, which is supposed to be haunted as fuck. So yeah, no, okay. lots of cool stuff there. But yeah, I agree. A lot of the stories there are, uh, a lot of the stories that we see in the news that now, are weird. 
are from there. <laughs> I just need clarification. Is it like one specific area of Florida is just not participating in above functioning IQ and therefore the rest of Florida is getting a bad rap for it? I don't know. Nicole, I know you're listening. Let us Give know. us let us know. Make a post about it in the group. We're good. <laughs> I got to know. <laughs> but yeah, those are the crazy four urban legends that are covered in this film. I know maybe some people might be like, oh, you got all the spoilers. You know what this is about? No, definitely still go watch it. It's, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's super interesting. I liked their approach on it because it's like they take these urban legends that are obviously like made up and they apply it to real life true crime. That's where they're they're at. It's not just like, it, did this ever happen? It's like, where did this story even originate? And they find it and then they find the story behind it. Yes. It's really perfect, I feel like, for the stuff we like because it's like that makes us spooky and true crime. So oh, for sure. You- if you like true crime even a little bit, it's super interesting to to watch. And I thought it was a great documentary. And I haven't really heard anybody talk about it till you told me to watch it. No, it's been one of those things that I, I first watched it, I want to say, like, right after it hit Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like, Netflix told me because obviously my history was like, you might like this. Right. And so I was like, maybe. So I watched it and I was like, this is fucking fantastic. And I feel like I talked to everyone's ear off about it at the time. But mm-hmm. probably wasn't like, Tara, you should check this out. Don't know why. <laughs> right. But yeah, definitely. it's it's definitely a good one. And Tara and I have been talking, and this is something we want to do more of, mm-hmm. is be able to like go and find documentaries that we find that are like paranormal or true crime or something along those lines. And just be able to have a laid back conversation about it. And have yeah, it seems like, seems like you guys like our little, I like to call them like table talks about this stuff so if you know of course we are all in the hype because I'm sure you guys saw my post a while ago about like the popular stuff like abducted in plain sight but we like picking these more obscure ones Mm -hmm. so if you guys have recommendations let us know we are more than happy to to watch all the things oh my god yes literally if it's all the things yeah Netflix Hulu Amazon Prime any of that stuff just let us know you want to send it to us yeah, send us a screenshot, send us a link, whatever. We will watch it and talk about it. So, and we just, we know you guys like kind of getting these extra episodes every so often during the week. So we just like to throw in the extra content when we can. Super fun and super exciting. I know we we like talking about it with you guys. Mm-hmm. But with that, I think that's all we had for this little bonus episode. So we will go ahead and sign off. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us and listening. We super appreciate it. And something we have not asked in a while, all the time, we get emails saying how much you guys love us and you love our show and binge it and all that stuff. Honestly, that means the world to us. If you could, please Hop on over to iTunes or whatever platform you listen to us on and mm-hmm. leave us a review. Leave us five stars. That helps us out so, so much. The more you review, the more we get promoted on those platforms. And mm-hmm. then it kind of spills over because it's like the more content we can make and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, let your friends know who might like true crime or spooky shit. And, yeah, that seems like the best way to get kind of the word out about your spooky gal pals. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, we will go ahead and see you next time. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Bye.